Welcome back to Ghostly Talk. This is Scott L. This is Amber. And hopefully today we have a pretty positive show for you because we're going to be talking about angels. And we're talking to Dr. Michael Terzi. Dr. Michael Terzi graduated from Western University of Health Sciences and received his doctorate degree in optometry. Because of his science background, he connects spirituality and energy with scientific reasoning. He has always felt the need to help and protect others, and for years he worked as a paramedic and firefighter where he provided life support and care to extremely ill and injured patients. Dr. Michael consistently instituted his best practices and emergency therapy needed to save lives and became adept at dealing with various medical emergencies. After Dr. Michael awakened to his mediumship abilities, he discovered guardian angels are always with us. He has an affinity and natural ability to transmute negative energy to positive, which aids him in Reiki healing, and he also utilizes this gift to help spirits raise their vibration so they too can rise to the light. You can visit Dr. Michael Terzi at his website at angelwhispermichael.com. You can find him on Facebook and Instagram. Just search Angel Medium Michael, and he does, uh, you can connect with him online for readings and uh, different stuff, and we had a blast talking to him. So enjoy Dr. Michael Terzi. Yeah. So thank you so much, Michael Terzi, for showing up on Ghostly Talk. I was going to say this evening, but it's actually afternoon while we're recording the show. Yeah, it is. This is kind of like, we're <laughs> yeah. not used to doing it at noon. But mm-hmm. anyway, um, I, I'm really excited to have you on the show because right now in this world, oh God, uh, yeah. we kind of yeah. need some angels, right? And they're, oh, yeah. Uh, and so you are an angel medium. You connect with angels. You you do a lot of other stuff too, like with your bio, like Reiki master, all that, which I thought was really cool because I I earned my Reiki master back uh, I don't know two thousand eight or something like that. Mm. So awesome. um, I love talking to other Reiki people. Uh, but we we got to start at the beginning because you're super educated. You're an optometrist. <laughs> Which I know yeah. a lot of people think like, oh, if you're into energy stuff or you believe in ghosts and paranormal, you know, you're not educated. And then he's absolutely ridiculous. Yeah. And then here you are. An optometrist. With, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> with multiple degrees, yeah, an eye yeah. doctor, and you're and I so I, I find this super fascinating. I love this. So how did you fall into realizing that you had abilities and and especially with connecting with angels? Yeah, it's a kind of a crazy story. Um, yeah, the part about me being super educated is uh, it's not too far off, not just because I'm a doctor, but it took me a while to get to that point. Uh, for a while, I was trying to figure out what I wanted to do, just like most, you know, 20 somethings, you know, and I was an EMT for a little while. I was a seasonal firefighter. And then I kind of went into kinesiology in my undergrad. So I felt like I was going to do physical therapy. And there was always something that was kind of missing. I didn't know what I wanted to do. I always felt like I was on a certain path that I wanted to help people, but I didn't know how I was really coming about it. And when I met my wife in undergrad, 
um, she kind of said, you know, hey, you can go for being a doctor. And I started doing um, the medical stuff and graduated from that. And while I was in medical school was where everything just started going crazy. Um, throughout my entire life, I had always been pretty kickback kind of guy. I was just um, t- taking exams and doing things in school. I was always just, well, I studied enough. I pass, I pass. I don't, I don't. Not a big deal. Yeah. Yeah. And as I started to do things um, in optometry school uh, with all of my hundred something classmates, I, as we were taking exams, studying for national board exams to get our licenses, I started to accrue all of this crazy anxiety and I didn't know where it was coming from. Yes, of course, all of us would be anxious because these classes and the tests dictate the rest of our lives. But I was feeling a lot more than that, so much so that I was having panic attacks as I was driving home on my two-hour commute, and it was kind of getting crazy, and I, it was going on for a couple of months, and then one day, I told my wife about it finally, after you know keeping it in like a lot of guys do, and uh, she, she says, well, maybe you're an empath, and I said, well, what's an empath? She's like, I have no idea. Let's look it up. <laughs> yeah, it was like one of those things just kind of came to her, and I looked it up and being in, in medical school, training to be a doctor, I was like, oh, I have all these symptoms, you know, and it's not really like symptoms. Obviously, it's not a disease or a condition. It's a gift. But at the time, it seemed like it was really a curse because I was absorbing anxiety and getting thoughts in my head that weren't my own thoughts. And it was kind of surreal. And when I, when I was in undergrad and through medical school, my wife and I were always um, little fans of uh, paranormal shows. Sometimes every now and then we would watch Ghost Hunters, you know, the the original one. Yeah. And, mm-hmm. and go on Ghost Adventures every now and then. And it was one of those things that was interesting. But I always liked it whenever they debunked something because I was not into the spiritual really whatsoever. I had little experiences when I was a kid, but it was something that I always tried to kind of explain away because that's easier to do than trying to confront what it really is. And as I came out of medical school, the things didn't stop. I continued to have all these issues. And one day um, when I was trying to take classes with uh, local classes, sorry, um, trying to see if it could help my empathy because I wanted to turn it off. I didn't want it anymore. I graduated. I just wanted to be a doctor. I started feeling people when I was seeing patients and it was getting kind of um hard to deal with, especially trying to pass final exams and different things like that. So well, that's, yeah, that's affecting your quality of life. Yeah. That's an issue. Yeah, no, it was definitely was. I mean, I'm in a room with 150 people trying to take a national board exam that, and we have three of them. So I was trying to take the, you know, the first two, which are written and they were extremely difficult because I'm taking on everyone else's anxiety. I had to go to the bathroom like five times. Like people think something's wrong with my bladder because (laughs) I just, yeah, because I just had to like get out of there for a moment and just try to take a breath. And, um, my wife found some things to help me with the empathy a little bit, uh, you know, like crystals and stones and things like that, which I didn't put a lot of stock into at the time, but it seemed like whether it was placebo effect or whether it was something that was actually working, it seemed to help a little bit. But as I pushed away the fact that I was an empath, I all of a sudden saw my first human spirit. And it was a surreal experience. It came out of nowhere. There was this guy that was just standing there. It was a silhouette and I could see little features as I concentrated more and more. But obviously when I would look right at him, he would disappear. But if I looked down or looked away, he was just standing right there. And for a long time, I couldn't really hear them either. It was kind of weird. I felt them. I saw little things 
And then I would, whenever they would try to speak, I would get that ringing in the ear. Like it was like a kind of a thing. And I was like, you know, I can't understand you. I'm sorry. I don't know what's going on. And so compounding empathy now with seeing spirit, it was getting really annoying. And, I, you know, like I would be in the chair seeing a patient and then there would be something out of the corner of my eye that I, I'd just be standing there waiting for me for some reason. And it's like I always joke that like I had to send them to the waiting room along with other patients, you know, because I'm like, no, no, I can't I can't deal with you right now. I'm dealing with this. And one day I just kind of had it and I was just really emotional. I was getting really upset. I was complaining to my wife, who's always there for me, trying to help me through things and was surprisingly open to all of it. And I it went and as I just had it uh, and I get chills thinking about it, because as I just was at rock bottom at that point, because I didn't know what to do was affecting my life. This amazingly brilliant, bright light just started coming out from outside into my window. And even though it was a bright light that no one else could see, I still pulled my eyes away from it because I couldn't stare right at it. It was so bright, but it was so warm and it was so loving. There was this unconditional love pouring from it so much so that I started crying. And it wasn't even like a ugly face cry or anything. Like Mm -hmm. I just had tears streaming down my face for some reason. And as it came closer, I could start to hear. And it said, you know, Michael, I am your guardian angel. My name is, you know, Peter. He gave me the name at first uh, because it was easier for me to understand. And I just kind of broke down. I was like, what the hell is going on right now? Like, this is insane. I'm seeing this huge light. There are these beautiful wings coming out of it and you know they don't have like feathery wings like birds or anything but you can tell like there are these extensions of their energy that just encompass the entire room mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. it was and he was just so loving and warm and i don't know what i can say on your podcast but basically the angels don't filter a lot of stuff so they say basically you know he came to me and he said after i was just crying there sitting there with him just amazed by this he just said cut the shit and I was like, what the <laughs> hell? Like, and I'm like, did my angel just curse at me? You know? And he's like, this is who you are. This is the person that you are. You have to accept this. I know this is difficult, but you have a responsibility. You have a gift. And this is something that we want to see flourish so that you can help others connect with their angels. And so you can help others understand some of the things that are around them. And at the time, it seemed really overwhelming. But as I talked more with him, I saw other angels that I had, I saw my wife's angels, and it kind of just came into it. And afterwards, I realized that I can not only do these readings and talk with people and give them readings with their guardian angels, but I could also use this gift to be able to do certain things like paranormal investigating, because my angels would help me to understand what's going on in a home or in a business um, where maybe people may not understand it or we, we may not get everything perfectly with um, scientific um, paranormal equipment because I use those as well um, because I think combining those is really big. So it just kind of just came out of nowhere. And now three and a half, four years later, maybe almost, I've done hundreds of readings um, and gone to probably, I don't know, maybe 50 or 60 paranormal cases. And um, it's been really amazing. It's been a kind of a crazy journey, still trying to do the doctor thing and doing this at the same time. Um, it's been kind of surreal. So you mentioned something. You mentioned a key word uh, in that story, Michael, that I, I want to discuss, if you don't mind, for a second. Um, sure, of course. You mentioned the A word, which is anxiety. And this is something that I identify with. 
Um, and I want to I want to dive into this a little bit, if you don't mind, because I'm saying this because last year I was dealing with some serious anxiety issues where I was actually admitted to the hospital at one time. Mm-hmm. I was so freaking I freaked out. I had a panic attack. Right. Wow. Never experienced that in my entire life. And you said you were experiencing these things also. Right. You were you were you were you were having something. I mean, panic attacks, you said. Correct. Correct. Yeah. When I was, uh, as soon as I finished up classes, um, they, I mean, you guys may not know California r- really well, but um, I live in a, a smaller town, kind of closer to San Diego, and my school is in Pomona. And it's about, on a good day, an hour and a half, usually about two hours uh, commute trying to get there and back. So during that time in the car, I was just s- sitting there, just taking on all of the, and I had all these emotions from the day, and I just, couldn't breathe and I was crying and I was yelling and there was like all this tension inside of me. And like, if people looked over in the car, they probably think I was going insane uh, because yeah. it, was, it was just so much that was built up during that time. And then by the time I got home, I had tried to get it all out so that I didn't have to put that on my wife because she goes through her own stuff and I didn't want her to have to deal with it. So now yeah. as far as that's concerned, um, the anxiety we're talking about though, I mean, was this coming from i mean i guess the idea when i'm thinking what i was want to know is this was this coming from somewhere else though it sounds like from what you were explaining like this was coming from somewhere else as far as you having these panic attacks am i correct or did i get that yeah i mean that's what i originally had um i originally i thought it was coming from me because obviously i'm in medical school i'm stressing about trying to get through everything and but then as i started to go on with all of it I realized that it was something. There was something wrong. Like this wasn't me. I was already at that point of uh, thirty, thirty-one, something like that, and I had never had anything like this happen to me before. And I had been in stressful situations before. I mean, like I like I said before, I went through way too much school, and for some reason, this was causing me all these issues. And as my wife said, well, maybe this could be an issue of being an empath. Maybe you're taking on all of this stuff. Yeah. And it's coming on as your own anxiety, it's feeling like. And as I look through it all, it correlated because I started because these things came out of nowhere. It happened randomly. One day it wouldn't, one day it one day it would. And there was nothing that was really triggering any of it. It just seemed like as I was taking an exam or as I was sitting there, things just started to pile on inside of me. And I started to even get thoughts in my head like I'm going to change my answer from A to B, or my dad's going to kill me, or I'm going to fail this test, or, and all these things just started coming into my head. And I'm like, this is not me. This is not who I am. I can usually deal with this pretty well. Wow. I mean, yeah, I try, I I always sympathize with people that have anxiety attacks because I know how difficult it can be. And I don't ever say that an anxiety attack is always going to be that someone's an empath or someone's taking on something else, because obviously we have our own issues. But with me, it seemed like it was something that was extremely out of character and it just wasn't happening. And when I started to understand it, um, I started to learn how to control it and I started to understand what was really going on. And when I connected with my angels, they started to help me to better understand what was going on. And I started doing things like an empath class. I called empath equals strength because I know as I did readings, I would meet so many people that would have similar issues or they would be shut-ins and they would be at home because whenever they went out, they an immense amount of depression and they felt all the negative energy and negative emotions of other people. Yeah. And as I yeah. in the class, I started to impart some of the things that my angels taught me on how to deal with it. And it started to help other people. So, you know, it, it could be that maybe something that maybe other people are taking on other things and they don't realize how strong of an empath they might be. Well, and that's why and I really want to, I want to dive into this for a second because, um, 
the experience that I had last year that I mentioned, uh, it came out of nowhere. It seemed like, I mean, I, I don't think, I, I don't think if you're an adult, if you're an adult, right? Like mm. you're going to have a degree of stress in your life. If you're a productive person, if you work, if you do things, if you have homes or whatever, it might be something that you gotta, you gotta maintain or a life you have to maintain. You're going to have some degree of stress, right? Yes. Definitely. I know, I know in my situation there, the, when I'm disc- talking about from last year, there was some stressors around me, some things people, places, and things, let's call it, right? They yeah. were they were stressing me a bit. But I didn't think it was anything out of out of what my skill set is to deal with. And that's when mm. things kind of went haywire. And I was experiencing physical issues as a result of this. As I mentioned already, I ended up having to go into the ER one day because I, I just could my heart would not stop, would not slow down. And I couldn't explain it. It was bizarre. Uh, and I, I mean, it's not, this is this happens to people. This happens to millions of people every day in America, I think, especially nowadays. Right. <laughs> so, like, <laughs> I know what I ended up doing. It's the funny thing about that. And I heard you mention the same thing is I when you're going through something like that, I think you are looking for you're looking for, a, you know, a reason, a root cause of why this is happening and a way to fix this. Um, and you you said something that really struck a chord with me when it comes to anxiety and you were mentioning, t- you know, taking exams and stuff like that, and those thoughts go through your head like those absolutes. I guess, like you said something. Like, what you said was, well, if I change this answer from A to B, my dad could die or something like that, right? And you know, absolutes like that. I find those going through my gray matter all the time. It's 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 weird. It's bizarre. But I did the same thing you did, though, in a different way, though. Um, oh, nice. I ended up. That's what I feel I did. I mean, I ended up going, okay, well, clearly I have to calm the hell down here. <laughs> There's something wrong, right? Um, yeah. So, you know, what can what can I do? You know, and there's obviously you know things I had. Okay, you, you got to quit flipping out over stupid stuff. That's one problem. But B, I found myself obviously taking a softer approach to things, but mainly taking a more spiritual path. Right. Even yeah. even having all these years studying the paranormal and the fringe and stuff like that, I've always kind of kept myself on a harder line. And I found myself over the last year, especially taking a more spiritual path. However, people want to take that, they can take that. But I found myself being a bit, you know, just being a bit more introspective and thinking about things more than besides running my mouth, just you know, flying off the handle, trying to slow down a little bit, but also being a more spiritual person, I think, and that doesn't mean I, you know, that can I, again. I think people can take that a lot of different ways. It's about me. It's about my path. I think it's about where I want to grow and be a better person. And it, you know what? The funny thing is, and you can ask Amber too. I was actually having these weird tremors and stuff in my head. <laughs> it was bizarre. Okay. I mean, it was like some serious stress stuff. And yeah. one day. One day, you know, I had I had some therapy too. I had some massage therapy done also. But one day, it just just stopped. Just it just went away I, out of nowhere. We were at dinner one night, and I'm like, "Hey, that thing in my head stopped happening." Oh, okay, cool. You know, but I yeah. I look back on that because that was challenging. And oh, yeah. I you know I look back on that now. It's like, and I and one of the things I did do was I'm just t- trying to take things in. I mean, I'm a, I'm an old school metal guy, so a lot of you you get a lot of you know a lot of negative dark stuff that happens. And while I still enjoy that, I found myself exposing myself to things, especially art, that's a bit 
you know, it's it's more uplifting. Makes you feel better. Makes you feel good inside. Stuff like that, right? And I think those things yeah. they, they can have a big effect on you. Just little things like that. You know what I mean? Oh yeah, no, definitely. I think one of the things, you know, I I was also a metal guy. I, I had a heavy metal band for a little while, um, which is a, a we're kindred note, spirits, but, man. Uh, we're kindred yeah. spirits here. So, what's that? I said we're kindred spirits. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, yeah, so I mean, I had I had a lot of that stuff going on with me as well, and when I had these anxiety things happen to me, when I started to feel other emotions as well that I didn't understand where they're coming from, because as I understood it and I tried to embrace it in a way, because if I'm feeling these things, I have to be okay with feeling them. Even if it was the anxiety, even if it was sadness or anger, even if it was something that I know that was definitely coming from me. I think one of the problems with trying to control anxiety and um, things like that is that a lot of the times we try to reject it. We try to push it away or we try to um, try to control it in a way that's not as natural. And yeah. so I let myself feel these things. If I'm getting anger or sadness or I'm nervous or something like that is happening, I say, hey, it's okay. Let myself feel this. Let me feel this. I'm just going to go through these emotions. I'm going to breathe and I'm going to try to relax and go through it. And that's one of the things that I say in the steps that I give certain people who feel as though they are empaths is that you have to first separate those emotions and then let yourself actually understand that you're feeling it. Let yourself wow. feel some of it because a lot of people will say if they're dealing with empathy or dealing with other person's emotions to push it away and create a bubble around you and things like that, which I mean, the shielding can work to a certain extent um, if you're looking at the spiritual side of it. But on a more physical side of it, you also have to realize that once you've felt it, it doesn't just doesn't disappear. You just can't get it to go away because you have the intention to push it away. It's already a part of you. Yeah. So I yeah. that for me. And for other people that I've talked to, it may not work for everybody, but that was the second step is just letting yourself feel those emotions and accepting the fact that you're experiencing these things. And that was something that really got me out of it and really helped me to be a better control it to the point now where I'm doing readings and people are throwing those emotions out. Or if I am going on an investigation or things like that and I'm feeling the emotions of certain spirits or even the homeowners, I'm able to control all of that so it doesn't take over me. So it doesn't control me because okay. we control any kind of energy that comes into our field, whether it be emotion or whether it be some strange feelings from spirit or anything like that. No matter how negative, we can control that. And that's something that I always try to tell people, no matter what they are, whether they are investigators, whether they are mediums, whether they are just, you know, your average everyday person that doesn't think a lot about the paranormal, mm -hmm. you know, mm -hmm. we control any of that energy that we feel. There's going to be a lot of people coming up with with everything going on in the world right now on the planet. Um, we had the COVID thing, and now we got the protests. And there's a lot of people I see on social media that are just like, oh, my God, I don't feel right right now. You know, I know everything, all this stuff is going on. I'm being bombarded, but, like, my mind feels weird. I can't turn myself off. And I, and I know there's a lot of undiagnosed empaths out there. And so <laughs> yeah. they're going to be picking up all I mean all these poor people are picking up on this stuff and 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 don't know how to deal with it um one thing I find interesting with energy workers is how many people in the medical field um they, well they go into the medical field and they don't even know that they have this ability or that they can work with energy I, I think all people can work with energy but some people obviously are a little more gifted than others and I I've noticed that with a lot of my friends that are in medical 
or even like things like massage therapy. Uh, they're, they're not trained Reiki masters or any type healing touch or any other type of uh, healing modality. But they mm-hmm. will talk about this, you know, my hands heat up when I'm working on someone or just this energy transfer that they feel. And when you were in, when you were, you were a paramedic, right? In the beginning? Yeah. I, well, I was an EMT basic. I was okay. going to go to paramedic, but I decided to continue with my grad, with my undergrad. So I didn't go full on. Paramedic, okay. Okay. Yeah. And I, I wonder with your optometry, when you're working with someone, I find it, which I do find it's not ironic, but it's sort of symbolic that you work with eyes and then you help yeah. people like see things differently, <laughs> like spiritually and physically. <laughs> so I was like, that's oh, yeah. kind of cool. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and so when you're working with, with like a patient, do you kind of even, do you feel like that natural energy healing in you just sort of turns on as a doctor working with someone? I do. Um, I feel as though that happens a lot. Uh, one of the big things that I always tried to do because, um, uh, you know, there was, there were issues that were going on in my personal life at the time. Uh, and, there were, it was hard for us to find somebody in the medical field that would actually help us, um, that actually cared. And one day we actually found somebody that wasn't a traditional doctor, actually. Um, he did both uh, Eastern and Western. He tried to combine both of those modalities as well. And he literally, the first um, visit that we had with him, we were sitting there for like three hours talking about the issues that we were having. And he gave that time freely. And it was something that really struck a chord with us. And he actually cared. And he sat there and explained things to us because I was still a medical student at the time. So I didn't know. I didn't have all the answers. And so he really gave to us a lot of his time. He didn't have to sit there. You know, it was eight or nine o'clock at night when we all left the office. And it was really amazing for him to give us that kind of time. And from then on, I realized that whatever kind of doctor I decide to be, I'm going to be one that works with their patients. And not just telling them and ordering them to take a medication, not listening to the issues that they were going through. Because a lot of the times, I know there are a lot of great doctors out there, but there are some that maybe just fall back on just what they know and don't listen to some of the things that are happening with their patients as much as they could. And that was one thing that I always wanted to change. And so then whenever I'm with a patient now, um, even before when I was opening up to all of this, I do feel as though things opened up inside of me. I used my empathy. I use, and I can feel my hands getting warmer. Like I, like I said, as a Reiki master, obviously I feel it when I'm doing Reiki. Mm-hmm. But even when I'm with a patient, I'm trying to understand what they're going through. I'm trying to look into their eyes and see why they're having pain, why they're having any kind of issues like that. I can feel the heat start to rise up inside of me, and I can feel the energy kind of pour out. And I seem to make this connection. And it's kind of amazing to be able to kind of know before they may even know what's really going on and be able to work with them on, okay, let's try this first. And then we're going to try this and we're going to, you know, and make up a plan with them on trying to help them because it's not all just one or two, three or four. Can you see this? Can you read the E? There's also a lot of medical stuff that goes into optometry nowadays and being able to kind of meet them on that level and to understand the energy and look at the science. It's been something that's been really helpful to me. I feel. So anyone out there, if, if they've had Reiki or haven't, um, I went into it as an open-minded skeptic. I just, I wanted to try a session with someone I did. And if anything, it was super relaxing. It's similar to a massage, even though someone isn't really moving your muscles, they just have their hands on you. 
And so mm-hmm. I'm like, this is pretty cool. I'm, I'm okay. I think maybe I want to sign up for like the first level. This is cool. And then yeah. just, you know, went from there. And I, I took my time. I know some people can get their Reiki masters like in a weekend. And I'm like, I don't feel like that's right. Like I'm going to do anything in a weekend. Well, yeah. So it, um, <laughs> anyway, so I took my time doing that. Uh, and whether you believe in it or not, there's something to it. And again, if it's the placebo thing or whatever, like I just looked something up briefly on Wikipedia today when I, about Reiki. First thing it says is Reiki is a pseudoscience, which just like, oh, um, I hate that's one yeah. thing, objective thing I hate about Wikipedia. But uh, there is something to it. And there are different branches of Reiki. I, I know I, I learned with the Usui Reiki from Japan that goes back to the 20s. And there's there's Karuna. There's I mean, there's all kinds of different uh, versions. And and mostly it's just a if, – if someone out there isn't familiar, it's just a laying on of hands kind of thing. And I know I like I use symbols. Um, I, you, I can think them. I could trace them on someone's body. There's different ways of doing it and moving the energy in someone. But uh, – some people out there have little different variations on what they do uh, with Reiki. So you said that you've developed sort of your own form of Reiki uh, with your energy work called Angel Reiki. And how, what Reiki did you start learning? And then how does this how does this differ from more traditional stuff out there? Okay, yeah. Well, first of all, yeah, I just wanted to comment that, yeah, Reiki, yeah, a lot of people may not understand it, but it has become a little bit more understood over the years. And I've seen it to where... Reiki practitioners are being used in hospitals and hospice centers. Um, there was somebody that I learned from that actually was working in a doctor's office. So the doctor would see the patient and then sometimes they would say, hey, let me bring you over. I have a couple of Reiki masters here that you might actually benefit from it. And so while some people may say it is pseudoscience, I've seen it work. I've experienced it. And even as a Reiki master, I've seen a lot of crazy stuff that I've been able to help with. And what it is, is, yeah, I learned originally from the original Usui method as well. Um, That seemed like it was the best bet. That's what my angels guided me to. That's the original. That's the root. And it was something to give me a really good base for it. And while I was learning it and I was experiencing everything going through all the courses, in the end, it seemed like I was missing a couple of things. Uh, Maybe it was because of how I connect with the angels or because I'm a medium or whatever it was, I felt like there was a little bit extra that I needed to learn. And so my angels kind of helped me to be able to do a little bit more. And I just call it angel Reiki for lack of a better name. Maybe I'm not very creative. Um, (laughs) But uh, (laughs) uh, the basically what it is, is the first thing is the main defining point of it is that I work with the people's angels to be able to know where the issues actually are. When I have somebody come in to do Reiki with me, whether it's in person or distance, um, which I prefer in person, obviously, but distance still works great. I always, I, I, I don't tell them to tell me anything that's going on. Again, kind of like a mediumship type thing. Don't tell me anything about your life. Don't tell me what your issues are. It's okay. I will be able to. I will, I'll be able to figure it out. I'll be able to help you, and I'll be able to work with you on it. And then your angels are going to talk to you a little bit about it afterwards. So I just have them, you know, just come in, they just, you know, I tell them what's going to happen. I do a no-touch Reiki, a um, couple of reasons. First of all, I don't feel like I have to. Um, second of all, I'm a guy, and so it's kind of weird if yeah. a guy is yeah. in there with a with a female patient or something like that. And as a doctor, obviously, you know, we don't touch. You know, we mm. have to, you know, it's one of those things that I just didn't, wasn't comfortable with. And I want them to be comfortable too because a lot of people don't know me who come in. I don't want them to feel weird about it. I want them to relax. And so – 
as they come in, I tell them what's going on. And then when I start the Reiki, I just have them close their eyes, take some deep cleansing breaths, and then I connect with their angel. And their angel tells me, okay, this is what's going on. This is where the energy is stagnant. This is where it's blocked. This is where it needs to be helped or even out the flow, whatever it is, because they're having stomach issues, because they're having issues with their kidneys, because they have soreness in their joints, whatever it might be, um, you know, tension headaches, whatever the cause might be, or, or sorry, the issue might be, I always try to work with the angels and then they then channel energy to me. I channel it to the person. I obviously still channel energy in from nature, from the you know the universal energy that people um, talk about in Reiki. And then one of the things that I'm not sure if other modalities of Reiki might do this, but I also don't just um, ground out the energy uh, or pull the energy out of the root and, and, and just let it go into into the atmosphere. I will take it and I actually transmute the energy because I go by the law of conservation, which is energy can't be created or destroyed. It just changes forms. And so my angels a while ago, and this is how I do things with spirit as well, when I'm doing clearings or investigations is I will take in some of that energy and I will accept it. Just as I talked about with the empathy, I will know, okay, you know, I feel this pain. I feel this anger, this sadness, because Reiki is not just physical stuff. It can be emotional or spiritual issues too. And so I take some of that in and I kind of change it and transmute it with inside of me. And then I bring it back out to the patient in a more positive light as opposed to the negative energy that I had originally pulled out. So there's a couple of little things there. There might be other Reiki um, practitioners that do something similar. I haven't talked to everybody and I don't pretend to know that I know every modality of Reiki there is out there. But those are a couple of little points that I kind of tweaked. And then also the angels gave me a couple of, you know, there are Reiki symbols so um, that we all learn, you know, Choku Rei and things like that. And they gave me other angelic symbols to be able to help move the energy more efficiently. I always tell people whether you're using oils, stones, Reiki symbols, obviously these things aren't, in my, in my mind anyway, they're not magic. Like if I put a symbol on you, it's not going to totally fix the issue. Right. What these right. do is, yeah, what these, do, what these do is they help me to be able to focus the energy in a more efficient way to the point where it really needs the most help. And there are different symbols for different issues. And so I use those as well. And the angel master symbol is also a little bit different as well. So I kind of combine the original Usui with what I do with the angels. You guys switching up gears here a little bit now, because uh, I've been wanting to. I want to talk to you about this real quick. You guys now, your wife started a group called Rise, which is short. I love and I love this acronym. Correct. Rise and inspire soul empowerment. Um, now you mentioned that also a few minutes ago that you 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 are a paranormal investigator also, and what you guys. What's you? What's your approach is? And I and I, we've talked to a handful of people like this. It seems like we have this like this thing going right now, um, where people are doing this this similar type of work. Where, because I think, well, and I don't want to, I don't want to soapbox too much here with this kind of stuff because I do it too often on this show. It seems like, but uh, okay. paranormal investigation teams, right? Uh, I think mm-hmm. I mean I'll I'll be blunt about it and. I'm sure we've lost listeners as a result of it. We'll lose more. <laughs> uh, I think a lot of a lot of teams. I think there's a lot of people that have they came in for the right reasons, um, but I don't think they really have the knowledge and stuff to do st- to do some of this work. I think the problem we have is I think some people 
you mentioned TV shows, and we've mentioned this plenty on this show too. I think a lot of people, they'll watch a TV show and be like, well, man, that's really cool. I want to do something like that. And we both know that there's no blueprint here. We both know there's no answers. I mean, I one of the things I often say on this show especially is that um, you could have 20, 30 years of experience in this field and not really know any more than someone who's coming in brand new, right? Because we don't really have a lot of yeah. – I mean, it's 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 – we're we're all learning here. We're we're all trying to experience things when it comes to paranormal investigation. Um, exactly. And, I mean, and I, and I say that respectfully towards. Uh, there's a lot of teams here in Michigan where we're at, and a lot of them are friends of ours. Um, so I say that respectfully. Uh, I think a lot of people they'll come into a, a house and say, "Oh, it's definitely haunted. We're gonna have to find a way to bust this and get rid of it." It's like, okay, this isn't a t- this isn't a movie. First off, <laughs> it's not. Yeah. It's not quite. It's not. You're not gonna catch it in a little metal box and put it in a mainframe somewhere. It it don't work that way, right? No. Um, no. Your what you do, and I mean, that's you know I, that's what I thought about when I was going through through the notes here was okay. It seems like the better way to do that, and and I mean. <laughs> Again, this is something that I I ask uh, lots of questions about this because what you say is that one of the things you do for with homeowners um, when they have a spirit or they have a ghost, whatever we want to call it, in their home, what you do is you try to find a way to move that spirit to where it needs to go. And I shouldn't say yeah. it. I should say he or she needs to go, right? Uh, whether it be the – I mean, I guess it would be to the light, like you mentioned, right? So, I mean – I want to yeah. understand this, I guess, and I'm going to probably ask some really dumb questions now. But I mean, what's your approach to this? Like, when you come to a place and you, you know, there, there's a spirit there, a person, a, a male or a female spirit, let's say. Uh, what do you do to move them to the light? I guess. I, I hope that that makes sense. <laughs> no, of course, no, it makes total sense. Yeah. And you know, I, I get asked it a lot, and it's. First of all, I like I always tell people that I always try to combine, you know, logic with spiritual because I think if we can put both of those together, now I use logic loosely obviously, but you know, science and spirituality, so I go into things as a skeptic. I'm not going to go in just because someone is saying that they definitely have um, some activity that there's definitely going to be a spirit there every time. Yeah. Um, so yeah. I go in there just being like, okay, let's just see what's going on. And there have been a few things that I've noticed that, you know, someone said that there were things that were opening and closing in their house and I was able to see, okay, well, you know, this is going on with the draft or this is happening with there's just the way the house is. Cause there are some old homes out here, mm-hmm. you know, there mm-hmm. are ex- logical explanations because I think it's important for people to, that gives them power as well, knowing that, okay what I was experiencing, I can, you know, can now be explained, even though I didn't understand it at the time. Mm-hmm. But if there is a spirit there, and it does happen, um, I, we just did um, a clearing the other day for somebody. Um, when we went in, we used different things like, you know, um, you know different kinds of paranormal equipment as well, uh, you know, rec- voice recorders and um, K2 meters and things like that, just to, just to see what we pick up on as far as giving physical evidence for the homeowner. But um, my group with me and I have two other people in the group besides my wife. So there's four of us, um, you know, two of them are also, um, spiritual mediums. And so we will go in and we will investigate by the same time, try to feel out what's really happening. And, but we still keep that level of decorum where we're like, okay, this, there may not be anything. And as we go in and we do see a spirit or we do feel a spirit is there. A lot of the times I always try to tell people, Whenever there is a negative spirit, 98% of the time, it's going to be a human spirit. You know, a lot of people and some TV shows out there will go right to demonic 
there's a demon oh, here God. because yeah. there's a lot of negative stuff. Yeah. And yeah. yeah. And that's extremely rare. I tell people that's super rare. I've only encountered something like that twice um, where it was really, really bad. And then also there are what I talk about as far as negative stuff goes is that there are the angels call them the fallen. And these are, of course, the demons that we all know. And then when I, when people talk about different kinds of levels of demonic activity, there are these other spirits that they call followers and followers are human spirits that are like the really bad ones that are, have all this anger and hate inside of them. And they often will mimic different kinds of demonic things. So people will right away think it's a demon. And so a lot of the times when people think that might be demonic, it's usually just a really pissed off human spirit. That's just a jerk. And that's just being an asshole. (laughs) And so I often will, but I, I always meet them on that level. If there is an angry spirit there, I will, again, just try to take in some of that anger. I will talk with them. I, I, I talk with them like people because they are. I think a lot of the times people see spirit or ghosts as objects or they're seen as something that is beyond our understanding. But really, it's a person that has a lot of issues even after death. And they have a hard time figuring out what's really going on with them. And they try to take from people who are living because they don't know how to control the energy themselves or find their strength. And so it takes a while. I mean, usually the clearings or investigations I go on aren't shorter than two hours or so and definitely can go a lot longer. And whenever I'm there, I'm, you know, and the other mediums on the team as well, and my wife helps out because she's sensitive in certain ways, um, there we try to speak with the spirits that are there we try to talk with them empathize with them let them know that we're here to help them and a lot of the times if they're angry or sad or pissed off it's really difficult to get through to them but we just keep at it and we just give them that kind of understanding i I don't like it when people use the blanket of love and light love and light love and light is a really great term and i understand the pieces of it but i think sometimes people use it as a catch-all What it really is, is we try to help support them. We're giving them compassion. We're understanding where they're coming from, no matter what it is that they did in the past, no matter what they're doing now, we understand that they're suffering as well in their own way. And so we, we always try to meet them on that level, talk with them, and we're not actually fixing them. We're not doing anything. We don't have the key to heaven or anything like that. Yeah. We're just trying to help them understand what they're doing, how they're affecting other people, helping them talk through their issues and the things that they've gone through to the point where they can change their own energy. And I do a little bit of energy transmutation during this time as well, just like I do with Reiki or other things. And I try to give them back that positivity, that energy. But in the end, it's the spirits that are doing the work. And we help them kind of raise, that's why it's called rise. We want them to rise, become inspired, become empowered so that they can then themselves change the vibration, the resonance of their own energy, because everything vibrates at a certain frequency. And when they're low and negative, they can't see the light. They just see and they're caught in their own, in their, in their own emotions. It's, it's crazy to feel how, how much they're just caught in all of this sadness or anger. Yeah. And then as yeah. they, we talk with them, we get through to them, we try to help them rise, you know, raise their vibrations they start to maybe see the light or I will often call in their angels because even after we die, our guardian angels don't leave us. Just if you're in a low place, you can't really see them, but they're around waiting, trying to help. And as they raise their vibration, they can maybe see their angels again. 
and then they will eventually get to the point where they're okay, where they're happy again, or they, they, were, they were able to change something in them to the point where they're now okay with moving on themselves. Dude, you're we tripping me out. You're, I don't mean to cut you out, but you're totally tripping me out in a good and great way, in a totally awesome way. Um, so I'm just thinking about, I'm processing everything you're saying right now, and I'm sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off, Michael. But, no, fine. but uh, I'm thinking about the, you know, I'm, and I'm looking at the, the big picture here, right? Um, yeah. And what you're saying is, and I and I agree with you on that. I think uh, the first thing I, I that always goes through my head when I hear stuff like this is, okay, consciousness survives death. You, st- which means that you are you are a you know you are a spiritual being. You're you're a you're a being of energy that has a conscience that has a personality, right? That that survives after this 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 bag of water that we're in uh, ceases to keep keep functioning, right? Uh, yeah. And you you can carry you can carry that those mental issues that we all have we all have our, our issues right you can you can yeah. carry those on through through your next you know your next phase right and what this is telling me what what I what I hear from you is that how you ascend right and we're talking about the you you mentioned vibrational levels and things like that that this like we say you know about our lives here in this plane this physical plane we're on right now. It's a journey, and it's a, it's it should be an adventure, and it should be uh, an experience of growth to the very end. Yeah, I think right. I think that's Definitely. that's the idea. Unfortunately, a lot of people don't get with that program. They do something different for better or for worse, right? Yeah. Um, but to me, what you're saying is this entire thing. I mean, wherever you go, wherever we go in the universe here, whether it's I don't know. I mean, again, this is stuff beyond my thinking, but it's the same. It's the same thing, though, and I mean that in a cool way. Like, okay, so you made it through life, and now you're here in this thing, but you still got work to do. You still got growing to do, and here's what we're gonna do to help you out with that. And the, I'm, I'm, I guess I'm paraphrasing a guardian angel. <laughs> I don't know if that's how yeah. they talk, <laughs> but <laughs> I, but I mean. It seems to me like this whole thing is just it's it's the same story. And again, I say that in a cool way. I don't mean that in a bad way. That this is what this thing called existence, I guess, and we're talking about huge ideas now. This thing called yeah. existence is is this constant path of growing. Right. And I don't think you're ever gonna no one's ever gonna get it. <laughs> None of us will Yeah, no. I mean, yeah, it, it is. It's a constant path. You know, one of the things that I talk about is when I do guardian angel readings, yeah. Our guardian angels, like for example, my, my guardian angel's name, his full name, as I learned uh, slightly later on after awakening, was is uh Pelinariton. He's I, I I just call him Pelin. Um and he is my angel. So he is always with me, always around me. He isn't anyone else's angel. That's that's the thing is that we're connected with our angels through this type of energy, through this aura, if you will, that we have within us as a soul. And we are connected with them on a similar vibration to them in a way. And because of that, our angels, especially the main guardian angel, don't leave us even after death. They're with us through it all. And whether people believe in past lives or they don't, I'm not here to change it um, or try to change anyone's mind. Um, I just I've seen them, so I know they're real. Is that even after death, we have you know we go on with our angels, we talk about things, and then we have the option: we can stay in spirit, sometimes even become a spirit guide for somebody else, or we can go on and have another life. And it's because we're in this cycle of trying to learn, grow, evolve, and become a better version of the souls that we are, and to truly, I guess, try to become that 
that enlightened part of ourselves. You know, I mean, we're, we're still, we're, we're even learning even in spirit. And I know it may seem daunting and may seem, an, you know, annoying to some people that even after a life, I don't get a break. But I mean, in a way you do, because it's not quite as difficult, obviously, in spirit once you once you go to the light. But yeah, I mean, people who have not gone to the light are still dealing with their issues. And sometimes they're easy enough to be able to talk with. Yeah. Sometimes they yeah. require full on clearing because they need to they need help. And when you meet somebody that needs help, this is the one thing that I say, and I'm sorry if this goes slightly off topic, but it's all right. If, if there's a negative spirit in a home and someone comes in and they're throwing holy water around and saying, I'm damning you back to hell, you know, go back to the pit from whence you came and all of this stuff, they're feeling worse because it's usually a human spirit that's just lost, angry, confused, sad. And when you meet negativity with negativity, it never works. If, if, if you're angry and I come at you yelling at you saying, stop being angry, does that work? No, I mean, it makes you angrier. It just makes you angrier. That's all it does. Yeah, exactly. And so then sometimes um, activity will get worse or sometimes they'll leave for a little bit because they're upset and then they come right back and just start do, start wreaking havoc again. And one of the things that we try to do is we try to change that. Let's meet some anger with some positivity. Well, you know, that's something well, that maybe a lot of people can take with them is just being able to meet it on that level so that it's not mm-hmm. compounding with what's already going on with them. This is uh, such a, and you met, you said this a few minutes ago, Michael, that, you know, mm-hmm. logic was spirituality, right? And this is, this is perfect. I, I see exactly where you're coming from with this. And yeah, assume that idea right there, assuming that people, and I'm saying people now, you know, and I do, and I fall on the, I have the same pitfall with this. When we talk about ghosts or spirits, I always, I always revere them as a, that they're different, but really you're, you're right, man. They're they're just like us and they again they carry that they carry whatever weight they left this this existence with onto the next path right oh yeah 100 percent. and they can be angry and yeah you're right <laughs> the power of christ compels you i mean stuff like that <laughs> you know? i mean i mean yeah, yeah you know I, and i know it makes for great movies and i you know i'm a big exorcist fan right but i mean yeah, yeah that i mean when you're dealing with a person and i guess I don't have the experience. Obviously, you're better suited for that to know what a demon is and what a demon isn't. Um, mm. But but I think a lot of these, yeah, they are just people who are angry in life and they're angry in their afterlife. Um, however, yeah. go ahead, Amy. I was going to say, remember a number of shows back when we had Barb Hauser on? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And she talked about the paranormal and working with the other side in a way I had never thought about. And she called it paranormal social work. Yeah. That you still need to have social workers and people helping those people on the other side to become better. And like you said, Michael, to see the light and, and to raise their vibration. And I and I think that just – I never had thought about it in that way. And so I feel like this conversation well, is also exactly, reminding it's, yeah, it's me. The yeah, same, it's the same exact that. idea. Which yeah. is, I think it's the right idea. I think, I think this is the way – I think this is getting the right idea to people and, and too. And it seems to be like a trend on the show lately. Like that's, these, what I said, well, that's what I said. When you stepped away from it, oh, that's, what, that's what I said. I had to run away to the bathroom. Yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> no, but I, I said that. I did say that. I'm like, oh. you know, we're, we're talking a lot about people crossing over and doing the right thing with people and not treating them like – like you said, Michael, like these things, like yeah. you don't, you're yeah. not, you're not a person anymore because you, you don't walk around in a body. Uh, but I think yeah. you, I think you really are. And another thing that 
I, I wanted to point out too, and it's funny, but I think there's a lot of weight to it though, Michael, is you met, you, and we talked a little bit about, well, you know, I'm, I'm dead and I'm still having to do work. <laughs> I'm still having to yeah, work on yeah. things. And the thing about that, because I say that to myself every day, I mean, I'm doing, I'm restoring a swing set, right? Uh, not a swing set, uh, you know, some patio furniture right now, some old stuff. And I'm just yeah. looking at this going, oh, my God, I'm never going to get to the other end of this thing. This is complete insanity. It's There's frustrations because you're dealing with pro- – you're solving problems all the time, right? And yeah. what what and I do – we're always – I mean, I, I, I'm a professional. You're a professional. We're, we're all professionals here. And I think we all feel that grind to a certain point in our lives. We're like, oh, my God, how many more years of this crap do I have to do? <laughs> I got to keep doing this for how long? <laughs> Uh, you know, and yeah, that's a that's yeah. a big thing. It's a big thing, right? Little things yeah. like restoring swing sets, for example. I'll see the other end of that, and I, and my what gets me through stuff like that is I. It's like, you know, uh, problem. Here's an issue. Deal with this thing. I'm gonna get to the other other side of this thing if I just do the right thing and persevere and know that I'm doing this for a greater purpose, right? Um, yeah. Even a swing set. That you know, not to go too far into the swing set thing, but I'm restoring that this swing set, for example, from because it was, they belonged to my dead grandparents. My grandmother passed away a few years ago, and I inherited them. And I'm like, well, they're a little beat up. I'm gonna make them pretty again, right? And not, and that is kind of a spiritual thing, so to say, because the whole time I've been working on this thing, I'm like, I'm doing this out of respect for my grandparents, wherever they may be, right? So it is kind of a spiritual yeah, thing I'm doing. It's work. That's my point, right? And I think mm-hmm. that's what you know your existence may be. It's this con like I already said, it's this constant cycle of doing things where you're building something, right? I think it's always yeah. building stuff. Whether you are building better habits for yourself or building yourself into a more enlightened uh being, ball of energy, whatever we want to call it, right? Um yeah. I think the work never ends. I'm sorry. I think that's the reality of of existence is if I think I guess you could just sit like a bump on a log and not do anything. I know people that do that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. They're not my favorite people. Uh, they're not very productive people. Uh, they don't have a spark about them. They're not excited about something. Uh, you know, I I know people, and I I'm one of those people too, where I can get really excited about fixing my gutter or something on my house, and I can talk for an hour about that. And, well, this is what I have to do, and you know, and. And I know that some people are like, oh, my God, I'm going to die here. <laughs> yeah, interesting conversations. Yeah, yeah, yeah but <laughs> but I know people that are the exact same way I am, and I appreciate that because they're excited about something, and it's something that's moving them, whether it be just something goofy like a gutter, but it's something that got them off their butt, got them to go, I have to solve this problem, right? And I keep saying that term, solve the problem, over and over again, right? Because I think that's what yeah. this whole thing is. All we do as people every day is we solve problems. Really, if you look at everything you do, you're per- you're persevering over one hurdle after another. And to me, especially in the context of this conversation, that's what I hear about existence now. Not just our 30 years of working and then maybe 20 years of retirement and the stuff before that and whatnot. I, this is a constant thing you're going to do for eons i guess (laughs) yeah but the trick is is that is that maybe here in life when we're living it's difficult it's tiring you you know you want to retire you want to stop as we're getting older you know there are things that we you know we're just tired of it but when you move on 
you know, I've had a lot of people say, well, when I move on, I'm not coming back again for a while, or I'm not going to come back again at all or anything. And my angels always tell me, you know, well, you think that now, because in spirit, and once we move on and we have those options, you know, nine times out of 10, people want to come back again because they've learned, they've grown, they become better. And although it may be a long time, a human life, you know, is, you know, in the blink of an eye sometimes, you know, and when we have these souls that are eternal, we're continuing to learn and grow. And it's something that they, that, that a soul wants to do. It's a pull to it. There's, I don't, I, I don't really know, you know, many other, you know, any spirits that have not come back and had other lives. Like whenever I meet people Mm -hmm. and the angel tells me they've had this many lives, you know, there's never one person that I've met where this is their only life. This is it, you know, and because we want to do it, like you said, they, the spirit, the soul gets excited about doing something, even if it is just fixing the gutter, you know what I mean? Like, even if it is just one little thing that we have to learn, we come and we want to have those life lessons. Well, I think people, that's one thing I, the problem I think people have, I, I shouldn't say it like that. Uh, I think the, the problem is that, is that, you know, I'm trying to find a nice way to say this, the sense of accomplishment. Let's, let's say that, like that idea, right? Yeah. Okay. Fixing a gutter isn't the most exciting thing in the world, but to me, once I get up there and get the work done and figure out the problem and solve the problem and come down, I go, Hey man, that's pretty awesome. I mean, this, it's a, and yeah. to me, it's the little, it is those little things. It don't have to be climbing, you know, Mount Everest or something like that. It can be those little things that you may do three or four little things like that in one day. And at the end of the day, you look and go, Hey man, that was pretty awesome. I, I took care of some business today. And to me, that's yeah. what, that makes me feel good. And I, I mean, I think that's what, well, yeah, go ahead. It gives you fulfillment. It gives you, you that go. sense of fulfillment, you yeah. know, and that's why people always ask me why we go and we do clearings or, or blessings or investigations or whatever that we don't charge anything. You know, no, why am I going to charge? This is something that gives me fulfillment. This is something that I want to do. I don't want to take advantage of people that are having issues, mm-hmm. even if it is just something really small like fixing a swing set or a gutter or going to the store or whatever it is. Those little things add up and it gives us that fulfillment and helps us to, yeah, like you said, have a sense of accomplishment. We've done something. We've helped somebody. We've done, we've accomplished a task that's been bugging us. And sometimes life lessons are like that. You know, not everybody learns everything in the one life. So they're like, okay, I need to come back and figure this out, you know? So that's that little, that's that building thing I'm talking about too. That that building thing I mentioned, like, you know, you're building something and you, you, you can't, I mean, little things, little goals. I always tell, I tell younger people that when I'm, when, when I'm mentoring, I say, you know, little goals, start small and build on that and build on that and build on that. And you'll be amazed in a handful of years where you're at. Right. It's just a exactly. simple idea. Um, Amber, I'm sorry. You, did you, did you want to hop in? I don't. I, my last question. Was, <laughs> Poor Amber's no, been I, like, oh man, these guys are ripping. No, I was just curious <laughs> if you've seen an increase in people requesting your services since the start of COVID-19 and now the protests. Oh, have I? Yes, um, definitely. Uh, You know, it was, it wasn't something that I was um, all the way expecting. Um, One of the things that, you know, I, I just talk about very briefly with things because nothing I can say is going to make people feel better about everything that happened with COVID Um, because people have lost loved ones. People have gotten sick and have, um, and have survived, but still have issues afterwards. It was a tragedy. It was terrible. It was an awful pan. It's an, it's an awful pandemic and we're still feeling the effects and we're going to for a while. But one of the things that I tell people about it is that there is going to be some good coming out of it. 
and learning how to take care of ourselves better, learning how to take care of each other better, which is not looking great right now with how all the protests and riots have been going on right now, unfortunately, but also learning how to take care of the environment better. And that was one of the things that wanted to come out of the COVID issue. And as I get more, as COVID happened, I had to come out of my own comfort zone. And this whole thing was kind of a reset button for us, was trying to see what's really important to us. What, what's really trying to come out of all of this? What are we trying to, what, what, what do we really care about? And it got me into doing um, readings through Zoom or doing phone readings or things. Because before, I was just doing mostly things in person and a phone reading every now and then because it was it wasn't something that came innately to me to do a reading through Zoom because I was again I'm I'm human so I have these things okay what if I don't connect very well I'm going through a video chat am I going to be able to feel them as well am I going to give them an adequate reading and it came about to being amazing and it's been able to um, yeah I've been getting a lot of people actually. Um, I did a Facebook Live with um, Cindy Kaza a little um, a little bit ago, and from that I got a lot of people as well because they were tr- they they saw that there was something else out there, and because of COVID, they wanted to get in touch with something that's more spiritual to help them have a better grip on what's going on in their own lives, and that's what angels do is they try to help us understand ourselves, understand things that are going on with us. They're big on guidance and empowerment. They can live our lives for us, but they want to help us to live our own. And so, yeah, it's been a huge increase from that. From the riots, I've, I, don't, I don't think – from the riots and protests, I don't think anything has – no one's contacted me saying I want a reading because of all the protests. But um, <laughs> it, uh, it could be that that's a, a compounding effect as well recently because, yeah, if people are feeling very unsure. Like you said earlier yeah. in the very yeah. beginning of this show is, you know, there's a lot of stuff going on right now and people are very unsure. They're feeling a lot of really negative energy or they're feeling really lost or they're scared and being able to do these readings. And the only thing that I ever say is that I hope that at least at the end of the reading, you know, your angel, you know that they're there. They're trying to help you. They want to give you that empowerment and that you're never alone and that they're there to help you. All you have to do is just try to talk with them and ask. And if I can strengthen that bond between people and their angel, then I've already done my job. Whether I blow them away with uh, amazing psychic things that I get from their angel, that's not my goal. I'm not about that. I'm about trying to help them feel empowered knowing that their angel is there because when I felt that, things started to fall into place for me. And so I want people to be able to feel that kind of um, relief and understanding and compassion and control that comes with knowing that you're not alone and that your angels are always there trying to help you. I guess the question I have, I mean, when it comes to angels, I I ask directly, is there a way that we can strengthen our our bond? And I think you may have alluded to some ideas with this, but is there a way that we can strengthen our relationship with our guardian angel? Because we all have one, right? Um, yes. I think, and let me answer my question with the one in one way. I know one way is to raise our vibrational level, raise our resonance, right? But are there mm-hmm. other ways we we can we can evolve to build that bond, to build that bond with our guardian angel, Michael? Yeah, definitely. Um, you know, a lot of people will talk about like different kinds of meditations and things like that, which are great. I have developed a guardian angel meditation that I'm trying to record with my with the guy that does our, 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 the podcast with us. Um, as soon as he's able to come out, he was high risk. So I'm kind of leaving him at home, letting him um, yeah, feel yeah. comfortable enough to do stuff again. But um, I have developed a guardian angel meditation that uh, does help be people to be able to connect 
better with them. It's a guided meditation. That's why I want to record it. But otherwise, besides that, there are things that people can do themselves. Um, one of the things I always tell people is that angels talk to us a lot of the times, um, which is the most common. This is universal for all guardian angels and sometimes even all angels. If we talk about you know archangels and things like that, they try to talk to us through our intuition, through that gut feeling that we get. Those are the red and green flags that they try to throw down to us. Don't go down that alleyway. Go talk to that person. Take that class. You know, there are things that even the littlest things, you know, sometimes, you know, go clean that gutter. It's important. You know, there are little <laughs> things that they always try to throw down to us. Yeah. And it's yeah. hard for us to really understand the messages at the time. But if we can start to listen a lot to intuition, I mean, even there are even scientific studies now finally going into, into intuition, um, seeing it as an actual thing, because it does happen. And that's one of the universal ways that our angels communicate with us. But there are also little things that we can do. For example, they talk with us through physical touch, through visual cues, through auditory cues. And if we can try to pay attention to those things and realize, oh, my angel talks with me th through this way, I can at least start to get a little bit more of the messages that they try to throw our way. Mm -hmm. But aside from that, they are our friends. They're not these lording over beings of light that are trying to control us control us like puppets or they're not these beings that look down on us they see us as amazing souls and they know us as friends from how long we've been together and sometimes all we really have to do is whether it's through prayer whether it's through meditation me i just straight up talk to them sometimes you know i'm out driving and i'm getting a little confused about something or i'm lost and i'm like hey pellin help me out here i don't know where the hell i'm going right now or I'm trying to allude to something that I need help with. They help. They try to, they throw down those messages so we can just talk to them actually. And that's one of the things that I do. And I don't try to say that you have to have a guardian angel reading from me. I don't say that at all. If people want it, great. I'm there for it. But mm -hmm. you don't have to, but guardian angel readings do help, but you don't have to go down a ceremonial way. You can actually try to talk with them, but you have to believe and know that they're there and that they want to help you. And they can't help you unless you talk to them, unless they ask. There are certain rules they have to go by. They can't impinge upon our free will. They can't um, live our lives for us and always interact directly with us. They have to be able to guide us. That's their thing. That's well, yeah, what they do. You have to, you have to do your own thing also. I mean, like you said, they have, they have to offer guidance and things like that. But I think part of that is letting you it just kind of ties back into what we talked about before i think michael is this constant mm -hmm. path of learning and growth and development yeah. uh and you're not going to grow and learn if you if you have someone holding you literally holding your hand the whole time through things you have to you have to walk that walk on your own and that's what a mentor is yeah. that's just simply what a yeah. mentor is i mean a guardian angel could just be a spiritual mentor for you it seems like to me yeah, and that's what they and, and that's what they try to do. Now, obviously, they know a little bit more than we do, and they can see certain paths that we're on. So that's why they try to guide us down those paths. I have a lot of people always asking me about future and things like that. What's going to happen with this? What's going to happen with that? And you know, the angels always say, with a path that you're on now, this is our advice. And they can't tell you that you know, oh, you are definitely this is definitely going to happen at this point and at this point because things change. Plus, if you know about it you're going to behave differently and then things aren't going to occur the way they're supposed to. So they always try to guide us. It'd be nice if you did this. Our advice on this is this. It'd be good for you to do this because this is going to be the path of least resistance. And these are the things they always try to impart because this way, like you said, and I say this too because that's cool that you say it that way because I, they can't 
live our life for us. They want us to succeed and they try their best all the time. Even people who are on definitely the wrong path. We've met people like that before. We've seen them, you know, all over the world. The angels are still trying. They're still, they still try and they still love you no matter what. They just see how you're, how you're screwing up and they try to get you down on that path. But sometimes people just aren't listening. They're wrapped up in their own emotion. They're wrapped up in their own lives and they don't just take a breath and they just don't stop and they just don't pay attention. I think and that's, it's not uh, it's not all our fault, but at the same mm-hmm. time, because it is difficult. But if we can try to look at look at it from that standpoint, that if we just stop for a minute and try to figure it out, I think people would be able to connect a lot easier. Yeah. Final. My yeah. final comment on that. And, and it's amazing to me how this all just literally to me, like you know, I think anybody who's made it to thirty without you know completely destroying their life, they have they have some life experience, right? And yes. It's amazing to me just to see how it all fits like a perfect puzzle to me, how we live our lives as people and how, you know, even with, like we said, like a mentor, right? I mean, this is exactly what a mentor, a good mentor does for, for, for a, a, a person uh, is let them, you know, offer guidance, offer knowledge and let them figure it out. That's how you learn. Open the doors up for them. If they're going to walk through it, that's their decision. Right. Uh, exactly. It's just, it's so fascinating to me. This whole thing, I could do this for like 50 hours with you, Michael. Uh, <laughs> but I, I can't thank you enough. This has been such a really cool, I mean, I really, I mean, it's been so cool talking to you about this stuff. Um, because I think well, you're thank right. You. Yeah, it's been great. And the, and the big thing too with that final, final comment, uh, I swear, is I think that's the problem, right? The big problem right there, Michael, is just that people aren't stopping and listening anymore. And I understand why, especially now with all the stuff oh, yeah. that we've discussed, all the insanity that's going on around us right now, uh, our minds are bombarded with, speaking of anxiety, our minds are bombarded with things so like what's going to, where is our future? What's going to happen to us? It's very, very difficult. And even before that, even before that, it's, it was before all this stuff happened, we were still doing the rat race thing, even more so that even more so than now. And people aren't stopping. And saying, you know, and listening to things around them. I know the, the anxiety thing I talked about, I dealt with. One of the things I, I pledged myself to do is, okay, man, quit trying to control every little thing that is around you. That's going to kill you in the long run. Let stuff, just let some stuff, things happen around you and just see where it goes. It's a, it, it makes a big difference. I tell you that right now. It really does. And, it definitely uh, does. Yeah, it, it boils does. down to balance a lot of the time. We it have does. to keep that balance, you know. But I think people need to listen. I think that's, if there's any message that comes from this show is, okay, guys, I know we're tired, we're busy, we're freaking out. But I think that's what has to happen here is people need to slow down and listen and listen to the universe and listen to their guardian angels. Michael, thank you. I can't thank, thank you. you. And man, really, I mean this so much. Thank you for taking some time to talk to us. We'd love to have you on again, man. Oh, yeah. No, I would love to be on again. This, you, you guys are both awesome. Thank you so much. Um, you know, it was really great to be able to do this podcast with you guys. Um, I, I'm very honored that I was able to do it and to be able to talk about everything. Um, if you don't mind, I don't. I, I just wanted to be able to just say where people can reach me. Yes, or if, absolutely. Um, yeah. Yeah. Um, I, I do have a website. Um, it's called um, angelwhisperermichael.com. Uh, I, my team has a website, riseparanormal.com. But you can also find me on Facebook and Instagram at Angel Media Michael on both platforms and also 
um, find the group as well at Rise Paranormal on both platforms as well. Um, I have a lot of personal like phone number and emails and things like that. Best way to reach me if someone wants to schedule a reading or has any kind of issues um, is usually through email or text messaging. I don't really answer the phone as much anymore because a lot of people have been calling. So um, it gets a bit crazy like at 10 o'clock, 11 o'clock at night. So um, yeah, so I, so those are the best ways to be able to reach me and to schedule something through Facebook or, um, or a texting or emails. Ghostly talk.